It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. This is Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Auburn is brought to you by Built Bar. Promo code Locked On for $10 off your first box of Built Bars, a healthy, nutritious bar that tastes like a candy bar. I'm Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas, and Painter Sharpless of ESPN 106.7. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Can't complain. I'm great. I'm great. Perfect. Perfect. Well, gentlemen, I um, I don't know. Albert's got some positive momentum so far this offseason. Uh, Painter, I haven't had you on since we've been able to talk about this recruiting class, and I know uh, you and Justin Ferguson talk about it a ton on the lunch break. Just kind of your general thoughts so far on how Auburn's done. I mean, looking at the class now versus how it looked three weeks ago, it's night and day. We had heard whispers about a month ago that the coaching staff was expecting an uptick, and that you're thinking, all right, that's interesting because – Auburn is not a football factory. It's a school that generally relies on creating relationships, which is true of every recruitment. But specifically for Auburn, I think what it is that is so appealing about Auburn often involves those on-campus visits. And so people were posing the question, and I think it was a legitimate one, about what Auburn would do if they weren't able to have those on-campus visits. And, of course, they had the virtual tours, and the coaches are reaching out to players. Well, lo and behold, a few weeks ago, that weekend happens where you get, I think, what, three or four commitments in, in a matter of about 72 hours, essentially doubling the size of the class. And what's encouraging here, I think, Both is— Both in recruits and in weight. Yeah, actually. when you, So that was, that was the point I was going to make, was not only do you get what appears to be likely your next starting quarterback and no smoke, uh, Shia Garnett, like I think there's a chance, I know as you guys look around, that he could get the job from Bo Nix. But I think the sense when you look at Demetrius Davis— uh, where he's played in Texas, the amount of winning he's done, his statistics speak for himself. Yeah. Then you look at the offensive line, which has been a problem for Auburn over the last few recruiting cycles. Well, that apparently is not the case. On top of that, I like the strategy they're taking. You joked about the size of the players. They're huge. Right, and there is a certain <laughs> level of, I think, strategy when you talk about, okay, it's really hard to scout this particular position group because guys' bodies change and what's the level of competition and people develop different technique. So all that, and, and like you can probably speak to that more than I can, having played offensive line, but the point is it's a really, really hard position to scout. Well, what if you go get a bunch of six, seven, six, eight guys who are athletic and then right. teach them technique, the upside is there. So I like where they're getting these commitments. I like the strategy of the offensive line commitment. And it appears like this will continue throughout the summer. There are whispers that the coaching staff is confident this will continue to build. So I say this to say Auburn's in a great spot right now. Um, fascinated to see if they can continue the momentum. I think they will. I think they're going to as well. I think they're going to well. It's no secret that the weakness of Malzahn bringing in top 12, top 10, top 8 recruiting classes consistently has been the offensive line. Gone the JUCO route, the grad transfer route. And so we'll see what that looks like as far as immediate impact this year, but I mean, you just look at the edge defenders that the SEC continually puts into the first round, second round of the NFL draft. It's becoming an issue as far as protecting Jarrett Stidham, protecting Bo Nix, and eventually uh, you don't want it to become an issue with protecting Demetrius Davis moving forward. And so I think it's interesting that they've suddenly, like, not only are they all of a sudden getting these big, massive dudes. 
but they're getting them like at this volume and at this mm-hmm. caliber. And like, is that a Jack Bicknell Jr. thing? Is that a just it happened to finally land? Auburn kind of just got second for all these guys for years and years and years, and now they're finally like you know on the right side of the coin flip. Because surely it's not like Jack Bicknell Jr. comes in and it's like, all right. All right, guys, <laughs> let's recruit just bigger linemen because everybody wants bigger <laughs> linemen. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think it's just interesting that all of a sudden when like the, the dam breaks and Auburn's getting all these offensive linemen commits, and I think there's rumblings out there I've seen on Twitter and message boards that there are more offensive linemen coming. It's just interesting. It's like, oh, all of a sudden they're like really good and really, really freaking big. Yeah, it's wild. And, and one of the things that Painter said, uh, talking about virtual tours and virtual meetings and whatever – um, Zach and I have been putting together this this big Auburn recruiting sheet. What's called a database? Database, database like that, that we, uh, yeah. And one of the things that that did stand out to me is how many of these guys. I think Auburn's got nine committed now um, who never took a visit, whether it was never a visit to Auburn or never a visit anywhere. And, and yeah, they couldn't. Up, a lot of them couldn't. Yeah, and like uh, Davis. And his teammate, whose name now escapes me, of course. Jaden Roberts. Jaden Roberts. Yeah, the offensive line. Neither of those guys visited Auburn. Um, I don't think – I don't remember who else it was, but there were a couple other guys who never visit, never even visited. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, Auburn's campus is a, a massive recruiting tool for Auburn. right? Like, you know, it's a beautiful campus. Um, not to be crass, but the girls are pretty, and <laughs> like you're not it, wrong. It's a it's a mass like that's a huge part of of their recruiting pitch is the the wonderful place that Auburn is, and, and for them to be bringing in guys who haven't gotten to see that yeah. element yet. Like I mean, they, they're they're building the relationship, but this is all basically, hey, this is what we think we can do for your football career. This is how we see you, but you can't even take into account. The external factors. Mm-hmm. This is where you'll live. This is what the campus life is like. Yeah, there's an entire These are element. Our facilities. And I think I mean, you, it's hard to know how young guys are going to make their decisions and how things could ebb and flow because well, we that's are part of it, right? You got to figure out what's important to the kid, right? But I do think there's to to your point. It, it makes me think, if anything, Auburn. Again, you never know what a kid's thinking with his recruitment, but i'll be curious to see what what happens with decommitments because it's like i I don't think auburn's gonna if if these guys haven't been on campus yet it's like Mm -hmm. are they gonna be more enamored with auburn when they get here so there's a bit of an unknown and predicting that seems futile but i would tend to agree with you auburn's already made a great case for itself and perhaps the strongest part of its pitch has yet to happen i think you're right i think you're right yeah you you uh the the decommitment saga that is going to happen i think it's going to happen across all of power five athletics but I'm curious to see how that's going to have effect. Every time a kid commits before their senior year, I'm like, okay, that's a long early. right. There's a long time, and a lot can change. Absolutely. There's also that unknown of like when the coaching staff finally sees the recruit in person, they could be like, wait a second, your list, you are listed at you know six two two twenty five, because you're not. You're. You know what I mean? Do you guys think there will be a, a certain wave of decommitments? Do you think that, that like, it seems like Zach, you, you you said the decommitment saga? Like, do you think that there's a potential that that happens simply because we're in a weird recruiting cycle with uh, the pandemic and I mean the, the, the way we've done recruiting has never been like this. I mean, what Auburn's guys that they've gotten throughout all this have been from Tennessee with Gooch, and then you got the the two tackles from Florida, and then you've got the two guys from Houston, Texas. There you go. So uh, it's just like. They haven't been here or haven't been here that much. It's just, you don't know, right? Like, you just have no idea. And it also means you haven't gone other places. And what if they like, you know, the culture at, you know, some other SEC school that's kind of going to come late? 
Uh, most of these guys seem solid. And Malzahn has done a really good job bringing in Auburn dudes. And I know, like, other fan bases kind of are really annoyed by that with, you know, this whole, like, Auburn, mm-hmm. the Auburn man, the Auburn family and all that. But he has done a really, really good job um, with kind of holding on to a lot of these guys. It seems like the ones that have gotten away, it's been kind of mutual. Or you've kind of seen after the fact, it's like, okay, I think Auburn would have been fine without him. Hey, let me ask you a question. Uh, Tavares Dawson, the athlete out of Florida, have you um, have you and Justin talked about what his role could possibly be? He's listed as a three-star athlete. Mm-hmm. I think the feeling that Justin had, and you know, he's really great at the roster management side yeah. of analysis, and he, he enjoys that aspect, so I tend to lean on his insight. And because Auburn has done such a good job at recruiting at the wide receiver position, Maybe he really wants to play there, and if he does, I would expect them to give him that opportunity. But I think if you are him and you're looking at where you're more likely to get on the field early, you'd probably go to defensive back. So that would be my first guess, but his own personal preference will play a role in that. You never know how things could shake out. Rosters change over time. We've seen sometimes unexpected departures or what have you. But if I were putting a bet on it today, I would expect to see him in the defensive backfield. Yeah. His, uh, his comp on 247 is Javaris Davis, but he was recruited by Chad Morris. So that's kind of you know some conflicting elements going on there. I would, I would say that, again, his own preference is probably going to be, and we just don't know, right, because we, I, I haven't heard the, the player indicate one way or another. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would tend to think if he's looking at it uh, as I want to get on the field as early as possible, the de- defensive side of the ball, but... Again, like he'll have to make that decision, and I think the coaches will give him an opportunity wherever he wants to go. Regardless, you got to think he's going to be on special teams early on in his career, right? Sure, I, you know, or at least have a chance to. I, yeah, I mean, again, we can go back and forth about stars and their value, but generally speaking, I think he seems like a player that's not going to be a starter from day one. You never know, but right. if that's the case, then you're right. He'll probably spend that freshman year on the special teams. Hey, today's show, uh, we want to give a shout out to our friends at. Fetch Me Home Delivery June. Happy June. It is June 1st as we record this. Is National Fetchers Month. And so we want to give a shout out to all the great fetchers that work for Fetch Me. And these people work for Fetch Me. I know when you go to Uber Eats or Grubhub or any of these national you know, food delivery services, they don't work for the company. They're, uh, they're, they're contracted out. And so with Fetch Me, they are able to control your experience and kind of make sure that the food delivery process and that experience for you is exactly the way they want it to. And you can tell. You can tell by going to fetchmedelivery.com or using promo uh, or using their free app, Fetch Me Delivery. Just search it. It's free on your phone's app store. And they've got two promo codes going on. Two. First is 25 off, 25OFF, and it's 25% off your order. We said $25. It could be $25, could be more, but 25OFF, 25 off for 25% off your order. I used that one four times this weekend. Did you really? Yep. Nah. Swear to God. That's awesome. How was your service? I don't think I saved a total of $25, but I was just ordering for myself. Sure. Um, basically, for me, I was ordering stuff close to my apartment. For that low delivery fee, and it basically saved me the delivery fee. That's and awesome. So, yeah, I uh, hopefully I you tipped your uh, your fetcher a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. Sweet, sweet. Uh, then also uh, fetch me twenty for your first delivery free. Also, they're doing a thing every time this weekend that I was delivered to, which, like I said, was four times. Um, <laughs> uh, my fetcher either called or texted me. 
I love and that. asked if I wanted the, to do the contactless delivery. Mm-hmm. And since I don't like interacting with strangers, um, I said yes every time. Perfect. And they just politely came, knocked on the door softly, and I waited about five seconds, went and got the food. Love that. And then also want to give a shout out to our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market. Amazing combination of low calorie, high protein, and low sugar. No crazy additives. And if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, it's half the calorie, seven times fewer carbs, and seven times fewer sugar grams and more protein. So you can check out their uh, their website at builtbar.com. You can also check out their social media to kind of see what they're about. On Instagram, it's at I'm Built, and on Twitter, it's at bar underscore built. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on to get $10 off your first box at builtbar.com. More locked on Auburn coming up. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, gentlemen. I want to. Uh, I saw this list on social media this uh, this week, and I want to get your thoughts on it. So you know what? We love lists. We really do. Really do. We'll have a... Uh, you got lit up for your list on Friday, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think people understood um, what, I, what I don't think people understood. I guess I didn't do a good idea of explaining what I thought, what, the, what I took, what the list was. Panner, did you listen to our show Friday? I had not. What was this list that I missed? So, so the, the list was best players mm-hmm. under of, Gus Malzahn. of the Gus Malzahn era. Yeah. And so I took that to mean like the best overall. And so I factored in the pro careers of these guys. And then uh, where, where, where did you have Derek Brown? I had him, at, I think, eight because he doesn't have a pro career. We don't know. And, sure. and he had a great college career. Don't say sure. You don't agree with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm still surprised. I see what you're saying with the professional aspect of it. I think I would have just off the cuff tend to have thought about it more as their career at Auburn. Did y'all specify career no. as a whole? Because like with Nick Marshall... We, we purposely leave those open-ended for that reason. Okay. So maybe our list can be a little different. And man, they were way different this time. Well, and like, so for Nick Marshall, he'd be an interesting case, right? Because he didn't win a national title, but he was an incredible player. And then his NFL career was, what, a very short one? And he spent most of his time in the CFL. So it's right. like... But he's even had a pretty successful CFL career. I would agree but with that. But you still had him at, what, seven? Yeah, I mean, he was pretty low also. But, like, so what do you do with a player? I'm trying to think of a player that, you know, like, is Ricardo Lewis still in the league? Like, that's, I, I think he's floating no. around. I think, was, it, was he on the NFL team? I'm trying to think of a player sure. who has managed to stick in the NFL, but you don't hear much about, like, do you rank that person higher than a player who's having a successful career in the Cameron NFL? Cameron Artis Payne. Yeah, because it's like, Barber. you know it takes more to be in the NFL, oh, but man. you might not actually be playing all that much, whereas Nick is, like, a difference maker for his team, at least when yeah. he was healthy. So there's... Probably kind of fun to leave it open-ended for this reason. Yeah, yeah, but like someone on Twitter said Trent Richardson, and I was like, no one in their right mind would argue that Trent Richardson was a better football player than Mark Ingram, even though he may have had a better college career. And then who, who do you think was better under the Gus Malzahn era, Ryan Davis or Darius Slayton? 
I tend to go Ryan because the first thing that pops out of my mind is the receptions record. But I know, like, for Michael, he's pointed out, well, yeah. the receptions, you know, it, like, that was kind of a low number for Auburn. So, like, you've looked at other schools, and it's like, well, there are a lot of receivers that would break that record. Where, yeah, but, and then, like, Darius's first year in the NFL was very impressive and a bit surprising for a lot of people. And Ryan, love him. Like, he spent time around us, but he's not on an NFL roster, and Darius mm-hmm. is. Right. But I think I – as an Auburn career, I kind of tend to lean towards Ryan with the caveat that I'm biased because we know Ryan and like that's probably skewing yeah. my opinion a bit uh, too. I would sure. say that Ryan Davis had a better college career, but that Darius Slayton is the better player from the Gus Malzahn era. Sure. That's fine. That that is the good My thing that you've done from, now here, too, is you've created drama where there's no yeah. drama because everybody has different opinions. And, like, I can see it both ways, including the professional career or not. I think the only, I would quarrel with Derek a little bit just because I don't need to see him have a professional career. He was a unanimous All-American, and Auburn hadn't had one of those in a couple of decades. So, like, from that standpoint, whatever. But also, it's your list, so do whatever you want. Yeah, the Derek Brown one, I, I don't get. The Nick Marshall, are you having Nick Marshall low? I... I actually don't I, think that's that unusual. I can get, especially kind of where you've been on that hill where like Nick Marshall was a good college football player, but not a good quarterback. That's kind of been what you've been saying um, ever since the, the, the you I'd know, like the, say come I disagree on with, with that, but I disagree as well, but he's been consistent with it. And so I, that sure. makes sense why you have him there on your list. Derek Brown. I don't get it. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't get it. And I think you're okay with it. And that. maybe that's low. And like I said on Friday's show, if we came back and did this in a year, maybe Derek Brown is defensive player of the year. And I'm right. like, now he's moved up to number four on my list. And you know you what? Know? If you get it wrong, it doesn't matter. That's it's true. It's just a list. <laughs> they're fun. That's the point of these things. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. Hey, it gives us something over the offseason. Absolutely. Hey, we want to give a shout-out to our friends at Shady Rays. ShadyRays.com. Use promo code AUBURN, A-U-B-U-R-N, for 25% off your order. Also this week, we want to give away a pair of Shady Rays. Yes. All you have to do is reach out to the show. You can text the show, or you can leave a voicemail at the Locked on Auburn voicemail machine, 205-502-4285. We're gonna get, we've already got a few over the weekend. Keep those coming. We want to send you a pair of Shady Rays. Once again, ShadyRays.com. Use promo code Auburn, A-U-B-U-R-N, for 25% off your order right here on Locked on Auburn. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, so I didn't get to that list, gentlemen. Yes, yeah, I didn't yeah, get to that list. That's okay. That's okay. All right, so Chris Doring of the SEC Network Put out his top five games of 2020. More like Chris Boring, am I right? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I didn't want any of the smoke earlier, and you want all of it. Dang, okay, here we go. All right, so his number five was Mississippi State at Ole Miss. <laughs> no. As someone who covers Ole Miss, uh, Painter, what are your thoughts on that? It So much of it has to do with the way it, like, it had, I can't wait, like, five years from now to go back and look at what that game did, because... One, you know it impacted Matt Luke's career. And then some other reasons. Wait, wait, wait. No, this is on the schedule this year. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm talking okay. about there's intrigue okay. around that game for a few reasons, I think. Partially, the new coaches are fascinating. Mike Leach is a weirdo. Lane Kiffin runs right. his mouth. 
but they're both fun and they're both pretty good at their jobs in different ways. On top of that, there's been a big ripple effect throughout the Southeastern Conference because of who ended up Sam Pittman left Georgia. Mm-hmm. Mike Leach left Washington State. Now you've got Joe Moorhead as the OC at Oregon. Lane Kiffin left FAU. It's like it's it has impacted all these people's careers, and we will have a better perception of just how big that web is once we can take a step back a few years from now. On top of it, it's just a nasty rivalry. Like it's a rivalry we kind of care about, and usually both teams have five or six wins. Yeah, and that's like, weird. What uh what inappropriate thing are they gonna do on that Friday night? Yeah, like I'll I, watch it, that's fine. I gotta say, is it a top five matchup though? When I don't you know. said that, was what is the title of the list? Top Chris Doring's top five games of twenty twenty. Ooh, ooh, that's tough. Yeah, this is not a top five game, but it is a top five like game to like be excited for. The week before this game is going to be insane. It will have no implications in terms of a playoff, a conference championship. It will have everything you want from the storyline aspect. You're just going to be waiting for someone to do something mind-bogglingly stupid. And usually usually they do not disappoint. You mean like after the game tying touchdown, (laughs) pretending to pee on a fire To be fair, (laughs) incredible. Just perfectly done. Number four, Florida versus Georgia. I think that... Makes a lot of sense. That's going to be the top five every year uh, for the foreseeable future. Winner well, probably, probably an Eastern East. Conference yeah. championship on the line. Number three, Texas at LSU. Uh, it seems a little bit high just because I'm down on Texas still. Like when Tom Herman does it, when that program gets to a playoff or, or wins its conference, then I will take it a bit more seriously. I understand the idea that Ellinger is back and, and like, you know, you're curious to see what LSU is is doing, you know, with the rebound of whatever. You don't have the the Joes anymore. He is still the quarterback there, isn't he? Yeah, no, I laughed because I just remember when he posted on Instagram or whatever that was like, I'm coming back, and everyone was like, "Yeah, obviously. no one thought you were leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm just like, well, I don't think LSU is going to win their division, let alone their conference, right. and, and I think Oklahoma is still going to beat Texas. So it's like, what implications do that game have? They're not natural rivals. There's a lot. I, I, I don't agree with that. Number two. Tennessee at Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, sure. I just I don't think Tennessee is an interesting SEC school right now. I know I know a lot yeah. of people are like oh they're about to put their everybody putting, wants them to be something. a dark horse, right? Everybody so desperately wants them to be sneaky good this year, and it's like they just don't have the talent yet. They don't have the talent yet. They don't have the quarterback yet. Like it's just not it's not going to happen. Yeah, I think that one's going to come down to quarterback, but it is. I, I mean, it's two the powerhouses, or at least one of the past, right? Both of both of the two games you just said are games that I think are, are obviously early in the season and I think will be really close games and, they're, and they're fun bo- games. They're both on September 12th. Yeah, but they could also both, you know, two weeks later be wildly irrelevant. And then, right? num- yeah, then the number one, uh, Chris Doring's top SEC game of 2020, Georgia at Alabama. Yeah, I would agree with that in terms of regular season. And it's just, it'll you know, there's a fairly good chance that whoever wins that game will have to win it a second time in Atlanta. This is going to be a two or three score game. I mean, it's not going to be close. I don't think. It's in Alabama, right? It's in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and that's right. why I don't have much. But, you know. The other thing I think that works against Georgia here is replacing that entire offensive line with a new quarterback, and, and Alabama in is in such a good position yep. because at least it gets Mac Jones back, and we can count on the consistency of that team. It'll be fun, but I think in Tuscaloosa really tips the scales. Should any Auburn game I, – I, obviously, I think the Iron Bowl should be in a top five SEC list uh, for games every single year, but is there is there any game outside of the Iron Bowl that should be on this top five list in your mind? The UNC game is intriguing, but I wouldn't put it in the top five. Um 
the LSU game is always fun and there's usually weirdness, but I don't expect LSU to compete for its conference title. And I think Auburn comes in second this year in the West. So it's like, what are the implications of that game? The Georgia one's interesting because it's like, can Auburn get over? Like they, like they've it been, seems like the year for it to happen, right? I guess, but you still have to go to Athens. Now it's sure. interesting that it's pushed up and there's a little bit of intrigue, but I don't know if people nationally care about that game. Right, like just it, it, we care because it's weird yeah. that it's not in November. But I don't think that fans in Iowa care that the game is now in October. But right? I think it's a lot more nationally relevant than Tennessee at Oklahoma or Mississippi State at Ole Miss. Tennessee and Oklahoma would have been a lot of fun if we had Oklahoma playing the way it is now and Tennessee playing the way it was in the late nineties. Like I mean, now, it's if just both like both teams right. were playing the way they were in the. If they played this game in nineteen ninety nine, it would be a real. If Peyton Manning's on this team, if he, if he comes out of retirement and plays for uh, that one game, uh, yeah, sign me up. Sign me up for it, baby. Is Garantano or Garantano their quarterback yeah. still? Yeah, he's, he's still yeah, there. Yeah, he's there. There's a Jesus, thought that, that guy's been there like for like seven years. years. Isn't it weird how there's some players where it's like, I swear you should be gone by uh-huh. now. And right. he's, he, I think just because he started so young as in his a true career, freshman, right? Yeah. Did he take over for Dobbs? What was the timeline of that? Like, that sounds right. Yeah, I think. Did he replace ne- Dobbs briefly? No, I think it was the next season, the season after. Ah, dude, I don't know. Yeah. That's not that important. Like 10 years ago. He played the best game of his life against Auburn, conveniently. That's true. Uh, that is true. That so is could true. not miss the back I will shoulder. And Jarrett Stedham played the worst I would say game. the worst yeah. game of his career, right. actually. Uh, at least right. that I've ever seen. Yeah, go Pats. <laughs> but, Andrew, where can people find you and hear you, brother? 11 to 1 ESPN 1067's The Lunch Break. That's locally on ESPN 1067 on your dial or wherever you listen to podcasts. Give ESPN us more egg bowl. What if people want more egg bowl That's chatter? right. And we've got Locked on <laughs> Ole Miss, your team every day with the caveat that it's actually three times a week because I'm not as uh, adventurous as Zach is. But wherever you listen to podcasts, if you want some more SEC or Ole Miss news, I've got you covered with Locked on Ole Miss. Michael Pappas? Uh, follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Sweet. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackaby. Follow Joe on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. See you tomorrow. This is Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 